It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's episode, the rumors are swirling, the reports are popping off, and the takes are being launched. The latest on the Juan Soto trade discussion saga with the Yankees reportedly and Padres meeting at a stalemate, the Blue Jays being a sleeper contender for the player. Let's get into it. You are locked on Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, December 4th. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can find me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres. If you want only Padres content, no problem. I've been throwing a bunch of questions on there lately, having fun interacting with you guys. You can also check out the YouTube Locked on Padres. Today's episode, guys, we are going to be talking about Juan Soto. Obviously, because what else is there to talk about? I mean, there's, there's plenty of other things to talk about, but spe- specifically for the Padres, this is this is the story. And there's been some updates, there have been some rumors, and while I try not to dedicate entire episodes to rumors, especially when it comes to big, high-profile players and free agents or trade targets in this case, because I often find that baseball is the only, not not only, but it's, it's the sport that has a lot of the rumor mill the most. MLB trade rumors is literally like so like integral to baseball fandom and if you're online and whatnot that it's just it becomes a lot. And in my experience you get these rumors forever and then it'll take like three weeks for anything to happen. So I try not to do too much into them, but I do host a daily podcast, so I want to give the latest update. And I think that there was a little bit of a discourse this weekend, granted a little bit one uh that was heavily um, predicated on being online, like I am, um, about Juan Soto going to the Yankees. And basically, there's been a bunch of reports popping off about what's been going on there. Are the Yankees asking for too little or too much? Or are the Padres asking for too much? Whatever it is, there's so many different angles, I think, to discuss here, and including a little bit of slander towards the Yankees, which I will be spewing on today's show, just for you guys as a treat. Today's episode, guys, though, is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's 150 buckaroos if your team wins. Visit fandle.com slash locked on to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, where to begin? Where to begin? So Andy Martino, who reports on the Mets and the Yankees for SNY, basically was, was one of the people that was tweeting a lot this weekend. Um, talking about um, all the reports and all the the rumored packages, the players that could be sent back to the Padres, or, and also in the case of the Padres, that they also may want to send some players over. I'm reading from the article over at SNY by Andy Martino. This was from Friday, I believe, or was it Thursday? When did this pop off? Yeah, this was from Friday. So my episode had already been posted, that's why. We didn't get a chance to talk about this. Momentum between the Yankees and San Diego Padres about a blockbuster Juan Soto deal has stalled at least for now, after the sides found themselves apart on 
Thursday and Friday. According to league sources briefed on talks, San Diego was asking for pitcher Michael King, pitching prospect Drew Thorpe, and as many as four or five other prospects like Randy Vasquez and Johnny Brito. San Diego is also interested in salary relief, not just for Soto, but for center fielder Trent Grisham. Sources say Jason Dominguez and Anthony Volpe are not involved in these talks, nor are Gleyber Torres, Austin Wells, or Everson Pereira, per sources. So there's there's a lot here. And also, um, Andy Martino was also tweeting that, what's it called, um, that the Blue Jays, um, rivals uh, in the league see the Blue Jays as a real contender for Soto, but believe they are waiting to see if they're getting Otani, could still pick up again. And also, he says, yes, Soto is special, but a lot of industry folks wouldn't give up King for one year of him. If they think they can get a deal, in quotes, uh, from another club like the one they're asking from the Yankees, they should do it right now, one baseball official said of the Padres. So there's a couple things here. <laughs> I've, I've used that phrase a lot, a couple things here. So firstly... The idea that Michael King is this god-tier pitcher is patently absurd, all right? I think he's pretty talented, um, but you have to consider that it's not like this guy has just an obscene amount of, like, experience or sample size of being that all that great, right? I'm not saying that he's bad. I'm not saying he's great or anything like that, but the idea that this guy could hold up a, a deal for Juan Soto, who is probably one of the best bats overall in the sport. Um, I know that he was a little bit shaky the past few years, but just overall, this has been kind of the guy. You know what I mean? And I think when, when, there's a couple issues I have with this. Number one. Number one. Um, the Padres, I think the idea that, that that second part that was like, oh, well, the Padres should take something if they think they have a better deal. I would highly doubt that the Padres don't have some sort of other deal out there. I could see Toronto. I could see Chicago. I could see all these teams. So they're pr- this is negotiations. You know what I mean? Like, this is how negotiations work. Cody Bellinger reportedly was asking for, like, $300 million or something crazy like that, right? Two, 280 something crazy, right? And it's like, okay, he's probably not going to get that. This is just you start up here, and then the, other t- the team always starts down here, and then you meet in the middle. That just seems to be what happens. You look at Mookie Betts from a few years back. He was reportedly asking for $450 million or something like that. He ended up getting around 345 380 whatever it was from the Dodgers, right? So, like, that's just how you do negotiations. So, in this sense, it's not money but prospects. Um, the second thing that I think is worth pointing out here is that Michael King, as uh, someone on Twitter also mentioned, at Adam Weinrub mentioned, Michael King has been an MLB starter for one month in the past three years. He only has two years of control remaining. He nearly blew out his elbow in 2022. Holding him out of a Juan Soto package is patently absurd. I'm sorry. That is coming from a Yankees fan and editor over at Fanside. Shouts to my guy. Um, And I agree with that. I just think that, don't get me wrong, these players are good. All players can be good. But this tone and language from Martino and other sources reeks of the classic BS that Yankees fandom and culture has been doing forever. This is a team that for essentially more than a decade now has shown very clearly they do not actually care about winning a World Series. I'm being dead serious when I say that. Do the players care? Of course. Do coaches care? Sure. But manager and ownership do not care. How do I know that? You go look up, same website, CBS, 
or not the same website. I'm sorry. This this was SNY that I was quoting for 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 Martino. But if you go to CBS, you can find articles on this. The Yankees one win away from the World Series. They cut back on payroll. And that was in 2017. They didn't even give Bryce Harper a call. They talked with Manny Machado. Didn't even make him an offer. They decided to trade for Sonny Gray instead of the more expensive Yu Darvish or Justin Verlander. Both pitchers, the latter two of which, were much better, and one of them won a damn Cy Young, and was even great this past year, and also was in the ALCS again. You know what I mean? So he won another World Series. That's that. You also have the fact that Carlos Correa, a free agent. Oh, well, they have Anthony Volpe, and they don't want to trade him. He's a top-level... You know, they don't want to bring in someone to block him because he's a top-level prospect that's going to be a shortstop. Cool. So why didn't you sign Carlos Correa for one year and you decided to stay with IKF as your starting shortstop for allegedly a team that wants to commit for a World Series? I'm not saying that Carlos Correa would have changed everything, but those 2022 numbers, Correa was awesome. He was. And he was clearly willing to take a one-year deal. And you're getting outbid by the Minnesota Twins? Come on. Come on, guys. So all that comes together to them now prospect hugging over Michael King? Really? Now, again, I think that there is legitimacy to the idea of just sending seven players, right? Let's say like around seven players is what's being rumored. I understand the legitimacy of just being like by sheer volume. That's crazy. Um, Again, this is negotiations. This is what it does. Preller is trying to get the Yankees probably to overpay or give as much as possible or he'll go looking elsewhere because he's Juan Soto and I promise you there are teams that are going to want to trade with him and his thing is like I want to go for the home run I need to get a bunch of depth in return and the Yankees in my opinion and Brian Cashman based on all Cashman's comments this offseason are clearly a little bit flustered because of the fact that people are kind of starting to key in on the fact especially when that Bryce Harper story started going mega viral the more better that the Phillies were doing um that people are starting to realize oh they don't care they don't have an ownership that cares they're not committed to winning it's the same thing for the Red Sox it's the same thing for a lot of teams Chicago White Sox we we could get into this all day so just the idea that Michael King is holding this this up to me is is patently absurd but before we continue talking about that guys I need to talk to you about something that isn't patently absurd and that's our friends over at FanDuel. We love them. We love them very much. Aren't they fantastic? We love FanDuel. They are very good and you should go check them out right now because here's the thing. Football season, it's been rolling, ladies and gentlemen. It's been absolutely rolling like it's never rolled before. Not really. I mean, it's always kind of rolling, but still, you should go check it out. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. If you don't want to wait until next week's games, Jaguars are playing, I believe, the Bengals tonight um, without Joe Burrow. So if we're just talking money line, like who do I think is going to win? Jaguars seem like a safe bet, but you might not get the best odds. So maybe look to next week's schedule. You've got, what do we got here? What do we got here? Um, Broncos, Chargers, Steelers, Patriots, Buccaneers, Falcons. Um, Let's see here. Texans, Jets is interesting. You know, I kind of like Jets a little bit in that one. Just a tiny bit. I know that sounds crazy, but just a tiny bit. I'm curious about that one. Bills Chiefs is next week. You can bet on one of those. Cowboys Eagles. I would bet on the Cowboys a little bit. I think the Eagles are just going to be due for a loss um, again after yesterday. But that's just me. What do I know? And if you don't want to do the simple, straightforward, just money line stuff, don't worry. They also got you covered on all sorts of things like spreads, player props, over-unders. You know, apparently the league doesn't want to call defensive pass interference at the right time if anyone was watching the Packers Chiefs game so uh, be careful of that always when you're trying to make player props but nonetheless go check that out guys fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off your NFL season of betting fanduel official partner of the NFL 
Woo-wee. Mm-mm. We're back, everybody. We are back. We are finding and thriving and driving and finding and elucidating and illuminating. I'm trying to do my Clyde Walt Frazier impersonation. Shout out to him. One of my favorite broadcasters um, in, in baseball. MSG games are delight. I love his little rhyme thing that he does. Um, but anyway, let's continue discussing. Um, the Padres really need to get um, good value back in return for Juan Soto, I think is the next thing to talk about here. And don't get me wrong, I think that a team like the Cubs, which I believe I discussed last week, would be a team that I would be really, really trying to target. Now, that team is really weird. I, I can't tell exactly what they're going to do, but they're going to do something. Um, but with them, I like their top prospects that haven't even been called up yet a little bit more than the Yankees ones. Um, I don't think that they'd give up someone like Pete Kerr Armstrong, who's an outfielder who is estimated to come up next year, especially if they lose Cody Bellinger. I don't think you could get him. But Owen Casey... That could be a decent target. Kevin Alcantara, Ben Brown, Cade Horton. There's decent guys there that I kind of like. I even kind of like, um, what's his name? Uh, where is he? Right, where is he? I'm trying to find his name right now. Is it Michael Arias? I kind of am okay with that dude, just a little bit, uh, as just like a depth piece to give a, you know, take a flyer on. I don't know. I just think the Cubs have a little bit more potentially. While the Yankees, their biggest outfield prospect, Jason Dominguez, is out for next year, right? So that's what's interesting there. Um, and reading more from the Yankees' SNY report, um, the Padres are said to believe the Yankees are acting like the only plausible suitors for Soto, which is something I said before. The Yankees are said to be balking at moving the highly valuable King, plus many others for a one-year rental and significant cash. There's no expectation that Soto will sign an expectation prior to entering free agency. Um, and then this is, uh, the sources believe that talks centered around Clark Schmidt, Vasquez, Brito, and possibly Thorpe could get the teams closer to a deal. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Oh, and they also mention here, the Yankees, for example, remain engaged with representatives for free agent outfielder Cody Bellinger. Cool. Um, I think that there's a couple things I have a problem with here. Couple things. The First of all, I already mentioned it about Michael King. The guy has had very, as, as my man Adam pointed out in the first segment, not exact, this, this guy isn't Corbin Burns. This guy isn't, you know, um, uh, Shohei Otani as a pitcher. This guy isn't Clayton Kershaw in his prime. It's a solid pitcher. And yeah, God forbid you have to give up some stuff. And I'm really getting annoyed with this whole Boris won't let him sign an extension. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I understand that. I understand that if you're the Mariners. If, maybe even if you're the Blue Jays. The idea that the New York Yankees, the second biggest team in North American sports... Just in terms of money, probably. Unless, I don't know, the Patriots supersede them or something like that. But probably the biggest, most culturally relevant team in North American sports historically for the last hundred years. They've got all the money in the world and you're trying to tell me that it would be impossible for them to get an extension done with this guy. The Yankees could sign him and Otani and Yamamoto tomorrow and be fine because they are a bajillion dollar organization. And this is why the facade is breaking. That's why I was pointing out in segment one. The idea that the Yankees would just be helpless to extend Juan Soto. No, 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 You'd be fine. Oh, well, he's asking for too much. Then tell him, go find it. Tell him, go find it. If he really goes out there and can find himself $550 million next year, then okay. If not, then why don't you sign him? You got the money. You know what I'm saying? And we keep seeing that the Yankees are fine with paying an exorbitant payroll every year. 
except that it's for washed up, no good players. And that they claim that the big free agent guys are going to become, even though those other guys have be, um, become that already. I.e. Aaron Hicks, I.e. Giancarlo Stanton, Josh Donaldson, guys like that. Or it's like, wh- wh- what are we talking about here? Right? You guys are paying just as much to random players every year that aren't good. So how about you pay some of that money that you're claiming is an overpay to the guys that are good right now? It's called going for it. You can't just this this Tampa Bay Rays nonsense money ball propaganda that teams that have had good successful regular seasons is what we should be aiming for. This is the only sport where fandom has been gaslit into believing just having a good regular season is enough and worth your ownership, not just saving up money so they can buy another yacht. And instead, they are like, well, we were good that year. You know, what do you think the Red Sox were doing? Red Sox made it to the ALCS and what did they do? They didn't bring back um, Kyle Schwarber who also helped the Phillies a decent amount. They didn't try and get Anthony Rizzo. They didn't do anything. That's because they don't care, guys. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not saying that to listeners or viewers of this podcast because you don't know. I'm just, I'm just ranting. You know what I mean? So I really, really take issue with the idea that Boris would just be totally against an extension. Now, don't get me wrong. The last report was around like, what was it, like $450 million the Nationals offered him? They did af- offer him a lot, so it sounds like there might be a vibe of this is pretty crazy, but you're also the Yankees. You're not helpless if this does end up going to free agency. And even if that's true, you could also go get Yamamoto. You could retool your roster. Anthony Volpe should get better. You could go out and sign some pitching. You can have some some of these allegedly Clark Schmidt and Michael King, all these prospects that you love so much are so good that you know giving up a lot for Soto is, is just going to be the end of the world for this team, right? This 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 Yankees idea that they just don't have enough is absurd to me, absolutely absurd. And I think that it's right for the Padres to be going into this, being aggressive and saying, let's go for this. And it's also like, yeah, why are you acting like you're the only ones? So my dream, really, this week, is that Juan Soto gets traded to the Blue Jays and they also go out and let's say they sign, heck, if they sign Blake's not, whatever. And then everyone's like, oh my God, the Yankees really just got outbid by the Blue Jays. Could you imagine that happening if George Steinbrenner was still the owner? Uh, Breaking news, it wouldn't. Otani would have been a Yankee two weeks ago if George Steinbrenner was still owning the Yankees. Or frankly, if just Hal Steinbrenner cared, then he would be on the Yankees. Uh, That's just my opinion. They've been in such a slump for so long for a franchise that allegedly is big. And I'm I'm a hater of the Dallas Cowboys because they get thrown in our face a lot. At least the Dallas Cowboys ownership cares about winning football games, clearly. Like, they spend a lot of money, and they go after good players. Like, they they have some mistakes sometimes, but, like, they draft well, all that stuff. I, the Yankees, it's like, how about you just spend a little bit? Why didn't you get Correa for one year, and then you have Volpe the next year? Because they don't care. So, that's my thing. Not to go all ASMR on you guys there. But um, I just I just don't understand this idea that you the Yankees fans are freaking out. You're not going to get Juan Soto for nothing. You're just not. Um, it's not going to happen. I don't care if the Padres, quote-unquote, have to trade him. They could figure it out because there's going to be suitors elsewhere. And if they're not getting, maybe they don't value all the surplus of prospects as much as they value just a couple of guys that they might get from the Blue Jays. Maybe that's their thinking. And if that's their thinking, I'm fine with that. And if you're the Yankees, at some point, when are you going to just go for it? So that's what I think the, Yan- the Padres are relying on and what the Yankees should consider. I'm not faulting the idea of like, you know what? Let's keep our assets. It's just in today's MLB, we're seeing that teams don't want to give up such a quantity, even if it's for one guy. Because if anything happens to that one guy, it's just a total sunken cost 
right? I get that. I emphasize with that. But I don't emphasize with the fact that if you you just know you can't keep him, even though you are the richest team in the league, like you just know it for a fact, as if having him there in New York wouldn't immediately boost your offense that stinks outside of Judge, and and actually Gleyber Torres, who's actually a solid player. And you have some of these guys like um, Peraza, who aren't really going to play for you. And I'm not saying the Padres need an infielder like that, but it's just, it's an asset to have, which would be interesting. Maybe you flip Grisham, you do some things. Jung Ho Lee just got posted today. I'm really excited about that. Um, potential is like the best possible free agent the Padres could get in terms of the top ones this year. So that, that that's my thinking. I, I think that the Yankees are being not greedy, but I think that the idea that you should scoff at maybe overpaying a little bit to get yourself a really good player I just think it's crazy. And yeah, will the Padres take less? What does that even mean, guys? You're acting like we know for a fact that the Yankees have the best offer out there. You know what I mean? We don't know that. We don't know how all those prospects are viewed. Maybe Michael King isn't even that good. Or maybe Clark Schmidt isn't even that good. Or Spencer Jones, outfield prospect. I wouldn't mind that. The tweet that I mentioned last week for Spencer Jones and Clark Schmidt and those guys, I think that would be fair. It didn't even follow the Grisham salary relief. And heck, Grisham would basically just be their Harrison Bader, who they had last year, who they were obsessed with, and they traded Jordan Montgomery for. So, you know what I mean? Who's now one of the top free agents. So I just think that it's really important to keep that all in mind. But of course, we're not done, everybody. We're going to talk about the Blue Jays. My dream scenario. I just want to talk about them really, really quickly and whether or not a Soto trade there makes sense. Just the peripheral kind of perspective on that, guys, after a few messages from our sponsors. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Lockdown Padres Podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. Let's talk about Toronto. Number one for why I would love Juan Soto going to the Toronto Blue Jays is that it's not the Yankees, and I hate the Yankees, right? The Yankees are so boring, so awful. I've already mentioned the reasons why they're annoying. Um, I would love if Juan Soto went to the Blue Jays. And objectively speaking, it would be fun. Can you imagine that Blue Jays crowd? That state goes wild when those teams are good. So I would love to see what would happen if Juan Soto was a Blue Jay. I think that it would be exciting. I think that it would be riveting. And I think that it would make that team a whole lot of fun. And if they were to somehow also get their claws on Shohei Otani too, could you imagine that? I don't think that would happen. There's like early reports that they might have to like move on from Vlad Jr. or something like that. Or maybe Springer or Bichette or whatever. But regardless, let's say, like, let's just say hypothetical, if you add Otani and so to that lineup, that basically recreates those Blue Jays teams from like the middle 2010s, where what, what was it, like Donaldson, Encarnacion, Batista, Tulowitzki, and um, probably one more player that I'm forgetting, like just a crazy, crazy, crazy top of the lineup that hit like 50 bombs, right? And I think that that would be so much fun. And the next thing about this is it would create incredible sports talk radio. The idea of the Yankees missing out on Soto and then the Padres being like, okay, fine, we'll just go to the Blue Jays and trading him there would be dynamic, riveting stuff. I know that this is more relevant to me because I live in the, you know, West Coast metropolitan, I'm sorry, East Coast metropolitan area. So I'm going to hear it more. I'm literally going to go upstairs. I have like an actual radio. I'm going to stick that thing right where I work and then just like have it on all day because that would be amazing. And number three for why I would like it to be the Blue Jays. There's been rumors that Alec Manoa could be part of a deal. Now, here's the thing. The Blue Jays have actually missed on a lot of trades lately. Um, Gabriel Marino for Dalton Varsha comes to mind. 
For those who don't know, Gabriel Marino was playing in the World Series this year, and he was really good. And they have some prospects. Orelvis Martinez, Ricky Tiedemann, those type of guys, right? Like, they have stuff, um, potentially. But in terms of, like, what the Padres need, which in my opinion is, like, relief pitching and um, just starting pitching, I, I would say, personally. Um, and depending on what happens with Soto, probably a left fielder uh, of some sort, which is why I think the Jung Ho Lee thing is interesting. And by the way, Jung Ho Lee is rumored to be a player that the Padres are targeting that came out yesterday. Um, I think that Alec Manoa is a really interesting part of this. And I know what you might be saying. Javi, what in the flying heck are you talking about? Here's the thing. Alec Manoa is only a year removed from putting up a Cy Young quality season. 2.24 ERA in 2022. And by the way, 3.22 ERA the year before. He was very good before that. Yes, his strikeout rate went down, but he also doesn't walk too many batters. And again, he was second in Cy Young voting. And I know what you might be saying, but Javi, did you not watch last year? His ERA ballooned to 5.87. His expected ERA was even worse at 6.24. He was worth negative war. I understand that. But here's the thing. Y'all know that man, Ruben Niebla? Because he's a bad man. He's a bad man. And from the little things that I've heard, this is one of the weirder, like, pitchers, pitcher situations out there. And also, he finished third in Cy Young. My apologies. He didn't seem to have, Alec Manoa, any sort of drop-off that was alarming on the surface. That's my thing. This is a guy that, and don't get me wrong, it was bad. Like, if you look at his percentile rankings in 2022 versus 2023, the amount of red to cold icicle blue the next year is something I've never seen. I don't know what's happening here. And to me, I think he is an excellent reclamation project. Excellent. Excellent reclamation project. Like I said, third in Cy Young voting. He was also really good his rookie year. Yes, maybe there could be an out-of-shape thing. He can be a little bit overweight. But just from the little things I heard, combined with what I'm about to get to in a second, the little things about, was it something mental? Was it just not working with that particular organization? Maybe. That could be the case. I know we like to treat baseball players and athletes in general like robots, and it's like, why don't you simply win here and win today? They're, you're a better team, so simply win, because that's what the numbers say. It's not always like that. Number two, I didn't notice that crazy of a drop-off and stuff. No, don't get me wrong. The velocity did go down um, for his fastball. 93.6 miles per hour to, let me see here, 93.6 to 92.7. You know, that's a decrease. But after one year, one year, right? He's 25 years old. No injury to speak of, unless they were hiding something and we don't know about it. It's it's hard for me to understand why this would be such a drop-off, right? Like the sinker, in terms of vertical movement, it didn't really change all that much. In terms of his change-up, that didn't change up all that much either. I guess you could say the sinker, Vertical movement changed a little bit. It went down. But my issue is that when you look at overall just the history of this league, my thing is there's got to be a middle ground between being third in Cy Young and being not even playing, not wanting to play, see almost seemingly, and this drop off to the point where it's like what happened, right? Oh, Javi, but what about Chris Paddock? Chris Paddock had like a two-pitch combination of pitches. And... That was his issue, and it was his rookie of the year. 
Like he was a rookie and then his second year he wasn't as good, right? This guy has two dominant campaigns. And also it's not like Rogers Center of the Blue Jays is like the easiest pitcher-friendly park, right? So I just like the idea of Alec Manoa. I don't want only him for Juan Soto. Let me be very clear. I would like some prospects too. But if there's some other guys you can get there, some good outfielders, some bullpen depth, I don't mind it. And this Blue Jays seem like a team that are really desperate to like hit on something big. Because, like I said, the Gabriel Marino trade for Dalton Varsho, that didn't turn out well. The Jose Barrios, um, he was better this year for them, but initially wasn't that great, and they did give up a lot for him. And Vlad Jr. hasn't been nearly as good outside of that one 2021 season. He hasn't really looked like Miguel Cabrera or whatever, and he could bounce back for sure, but he's been weird too. I just think Mano is a great flyer. Um, I, I really, really do. And I think that, okay, maybe there could be some character personality issues. On top of that, we've got Ruben Niebla. Let the man cook. How many pitchers have we seen that seem to do a lot better when with Ruben Niebla there? Like, the man is a chef. Get him in the kitchen. He's got to cook. I love Ruben Niebla. So I just think considering the Padres' roster constraints with money, and they're probably not going to be able to go out there and sign Jordan Montgomery or anything like that, or, or re-sign Blake Snell, or or get Yamamoto, who I think other bigger teams seem to be uh, have deeper pockets for. If the Mets are involved, Lord knows, you're probably not going to be able to out-bid them if they're really interested in him, um, especially with their success with Kodai Senga last year. So I think that they're like, oh, this worked for us for us last year, so let's run it back. Maybe that happens. Um, and that's a team that desperately needs pitching too. I think that Manoa could be an interesting idea. You, you get him in the rotation – as a really, really high upside four or five. You bring back one of Seth Lugo or Michael Waka, I think you could be in business. Not to mention all the prospects. The only thing that could be a problem with the Padres rotation with this this dream scenario of mine, by the way, really good movie. I saw it this weekend with Nicolas Cage. Really good stuff. Um, that I could see happening here is, okay, what if Darvish is really hurt? Because he's, what if he's only getting worse in the last year's his last best years, we should have let him go while we had the chance, right? Or at least we shouldn't have extended him immediately um, after last season. So I, I, I could totally see that. But you got Robbie Snelling maybe hanging out, Dylan Lesko. You can maybe hope for something from, hold on, Matt Waldron. I think I finally got it. Matt Waldron or Pedro Avila just to be guys that can come up every now and then as like bullpen dudes. I don't mean literal bullpen, but like you have them like as backup soldiers or whatever, and then you could have high upside with Alec Manoa. I think these are the type of chances the Padres need to make if they have these roster constraints with their salary. I like Manoa. I, I really do. I think that there's potential here. Um, sure, trading Juan Soto for him isn't the most ideal um, outcome, but if he's a piece, just a piece, of the prize, of the pie in this case, I'm interested in it. I just, I'm not buying a drop off this big. Jose Barrios, I, I just brought him up. 2022, Puerto Rican power. He was awful. Then he was better this next year. He wasn't amazing, but there's got to be some middle ground. And in this case, you'd be getting a guy who's not getting paid as much as Jose Barrios. So that's my thing. Um, when someone goes in sports to being this bad so quickly, without any injuries, without any giant fundamental changes, not to mention some rumors of like, maybe not you know, just being all that there for the Blue Jays, not getting along with management, maybe some mental, personal life stuff too, um, potentially. I'm not saying I know anything. I'm just I'm just wondering, like, what the heck happened? Um, Non-injury related, there's got to be a middle ground there. Or, God forbid, maybe he's as good as Seth Lugo. Think about it. Would it be that crazy if Alec Manoa came back and was at least as effective as a Seth Lugo? Think about it. 
I don't I don't think that that's very far fetched. So instead, you get that, and instead you get upside. If he, I'm not saying that if we trade for this guy that he's becoming, you know, Cy Young Alec Manoa, and that all it takes is having Ruben Niebla. But there are worse things out there. So maybe that's part of what the, why the Padres are being really bullish at the Yankees. Who knows? Maybe they're like, hey, you know what? The Blue Jays have an interesting offer, and we get Alec Manoa, who has more major league experience, unlike Michael King, who was good for one month. <laughs> you know what I mean? And everyone's treating him like he's God. You know what I'm saying? So or at least Yankees fans are treating him like he's God. So I would keep an idea. I, I would keep not keep an idea. I would keep an eye out for him, guys. I really would. And I know I'm probably going to get made fun of for this. I know he was disastrous, but there's got to be a middle ground. Got to be a middle ground. I just don't believe it at this age that he just got... He was, he was like a fraudulent pitcher for two years. Somehow managed to skate by with all the peripherals looking great. This wasn't even an XFIP guy or anything like that. You know what I mean? It's not like his, his years that he was good, his expected ERA was insane. 3.31. FIP, 3.35. This is solid numbers. Solid numbers. XFIP, 3.97. I'll take that as a potential piece in a want out of trade for sure. Not straight up. Not even close to straight up. As a return for a team that really needs starting pitching because they're probably losing Blake Snell, I'm all in, baby. I'm all in. And I'll stand by that. Maybe I'll be wrong, but hey, last thing I stand stood by was Luis Capizano, and I was right about that. So, you know, maybe, maybe we'll get something out of this. But everybody, with all that said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. In terms of future episodes, honestly, I do not know currently because I'm still waiting to see what happens with Wad Soto. We'll see. Maybe we'll do a little bit of a deep dive into Jung Ho Lee at some point. Maybe we'll talk about just some, some. we already talked about the top tier free agents, so maybe some lower tier uh, free agents to discuss. Uh, I think that should be interesting. We'll go back off Keith Law's list. And again, any updates. This is actually going to be the last week that we get five episodes of your favorite podcast, Lockdown Padres, uh, a week. Then we switch over to three next week after the winter meetings. But of course, guys, be excited. I think we're going to have some fun. We're, I think we're going to have at least something to talk about this week. So until next time, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies. Take care. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.